Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is Stopping Our Pain. Some of my feelings have been stored so long they have freezer burn beyond codependency. They have freezer burn. One of the things I'm realizing, and this has taken a lot of uh, years in recovery, is that grief work uh, probably is painful, it won't kill you, it is ultimately very freeing. Um, and I think why having a, a support team and a support community is so important and accountable, and you know, I also have ADHD to like, to keep working through it, you know? And uh, I was talking to somebody in the program and they were talking about, well, I just don't have enough fear, or I have too much fear to try this. And I said, well, you have, I do too, but I, if I can have the support group um, I don't, it becomes more of a process, get focused more on the process, less on the outcome, less on the fear. Oh, will this work or not? There are, source, there are many sources of pain in our life. Those of us recovering from adult children and codependency issues frequently have a cesspool of unresolved pain from the past. We have feelings, sometimes from early childhood to the present, that either hurt too much to feel or that we had no support and permission to deal with. There are other inevitable sources of pain in our life. There is the sadness and grief that comes when we experience change. Even good change, yep. As we let go of one part of our life and begin our journey into the new. You know, I think feeling that, you know, I'm letting go versus, oh, I'm abandoning or I'm running. Um, and I think it's, that's why it's very important for me to get still and have a vision for the day. Uh, as Dale Carnegie's book how to stop how to start wearing and stop living talks about there's pain in recovery as we begin allowing ourselves to feel while dropping our protective shield of denial there's the pain that leads and guides us in a better choices for our future we have many choices about how to stop this pain we may have experimented with different options compulsive and addictive behaviors stop pain temporarily we may have used alcohol other drugs relationships or sex to stop our pain we may talk compulsively or compulsively focus on other people and their needs as a way to avoid or stop or pain yeah that's a big one avoiding clarity and avoiding vagueness became a way to keep myself safe we may use religion to avoid our feelings yep I see a lot of spiritual bypass and I, I also love the big book but I also see I can see that sometimes you know, the spiritual bypass, it's just trading one thing for another. We may resort to denial of how we're feeling to stop our pain. And I think the thing I want to say out loud is to really realize my higher power is inside. It's not out there. That's that part of me that wants to get right. You know, the program gives me an opportunity to choose what my higher power is. And uh, I think that's what I've always kind of suspected. And one of the conduits to a higher power is my inner child, and how I connect is non-dominant handwriting. So I think it's time to like use my creativity and my um, um, analytical skills together rather than against each other. We may have used many choices to survive. We may have used some of these options only to find out that these were band-aids, temporary pain relievers that did not solve the problem. They did not really stop our pain. They postponed it. In recovery, there is a better choice about how we may stop pain, and that's what excites me. That's what gets me up in the morning. Uh, not all the other things that were probably avoidance mechanisms. 
We can face it and feel it. When we are ready with our higher power's help, we can summon the courage to feel the pain, let it go, and let the pain move forward into a new decision, a better life. We can stop the behaviors we're doing that causes pain if that's appropriate. We can make a decision to remove ourselves from situations that cause repeated similar pain. We can learn the lesson our pain is trying to teach us. If we're being pelted by pain, there is a lesson. Trust that idea. Something is being worked out in us. The answer will not come from addictive or other compulsive behaviors. We will receive the answer when we feel our feelings. The answer will not come from addictive or other compulsive behaviors. We will receive the answer when we feel our feelings. It takes courage to be willing to stand still and feel what we must feel. Sometimes we may, we have what seems like endless layers of pain inside us. Pain hurts, grief hurts, sadness hurts. It does not feel good, but neither does denying what is already there. Neither does living a lifetime with old and new pockets of pain packed, stored, and stacked within. It will only hurt for a while, no longer than necessary, to heal us. We can trust that if we must feel pain, it is part of healing and it is good. We can become willing to surrender to and accept the inevitable painful feelings that are a good part of recovery. Go with the flow, even when the flow takes us through uncomfortable feelings. Release freedom, healing, and good feelings are on the other side. Another, this is just classic. I could do, do a whole podcast on this. Go with the flow, even when the flow takes us through uncomfortable feelings. Release freedom, healing, and good feelings are on the other side. Today, I am open and willing to feel what I need to feel. I'm willing to stop my compulsive behaviors. I'm willing to let go of my denial. I'm willing to feel what I need to feel to be healed, healthy, and whole. Oh, wow. The next reading also comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is powerless over others. Stop making excuses for other people. Stop making excuses for ourselves. Yeah, I think this is more of like going from a child to an adult. While it is our goal to develop compassion and achieve forgiveness, acceptance, and love, it is also our goal to accept reality and hold people accountable for their behavior. We can also hold ourselves accountable for our own behavior and at the same time have compassion and understanding for ourselves. When we claim powerlessness, we're not claiming irresponsibility. We have no power to control others, what they do, what they did, or what they might do. We're stating that we are willing to end an ineffective life, I love that, based on willpower and control. And we're beginning a spiritual, mental, and emotional journey in which we take responsibility for ourselves. I repeat that, and I would say the illusion. That's why I like ineffective. We're starting to, that we're willing to end an ineffective life based on willpower and control, and we're beginning a spiritual, mental, and emotional journey in which we take responsibility for ourselves. Man, every week I think about, I may not have time for this, and it's one of the, it's like so rewarding just to read great literature out loud. We're not victims. We're not helpless, right? I heard something the other day. Victims have no choice. I have a choice. I have a program. I have friends. Accepting powerlessness when that is appropriate enables us to begin owning our true power to take care of ourselves. Today, I will avoid making excuses for my own or someone else's behavior, including not that willingness to not pay for myself, you know, default coping mechanism or default love pattern, negative love pattern of stinginess, which that ain't it. You know, I choose peace and flow. You know, I will let consequences and responsibility fall where they belong. 
And now we move on to ACA, strengthening my recovery, and the topic is self-doubt. We believe that something is wrong with us even though we cannot voice what that thing is. Yes, it's a feeling almost. With this belief, we can go through our adult lives silently condemning ourselves and doubting ourselves as a normal course of living, including when I can be around other people. When most of us came to ACA, we had tried different approaches to change that may have helped move us forward a bit, but the underlying suffering and self-sabotage persisted. We were aware of our patterns, but we didn't know how to stop them. It was easy for us to think that there was something wrong that we couldn't stop. We thought we were doomed to this fate, and the hopelessness of it led to and perpetuated addictive and dysfunctional behaviors. This helped us feel alone and isolated, afraid to come out of hiding to expose the roots we were so ashamed of. If we are fortunate and courageous enough to practice ACA recovery, we start to emerge from the curse-like nature of these painful thoughts. I think doing the work really re realizes I'm not my thoughts, I'm not my ego. I can't just read an Eckhart Tolle book and just be like, oh yeah, I'm just observe the mind. I've got to work the program. Easily and effortlessly, but I've got to work it. We feel glimpses of hope and promise that there is a way to stop repeating these painful patterns. We can stop condemning and doubting ourselves by speaking our truth in a safe and empathetic environment with other ACAs. We discover we're not alone. Others have felt the same self-condemnation and self-doubt. This helps liberate us. We begin to build bridges that open ourselves to a new freedom and self-love that is ultimately what we've longed for. It's like going in the right, you know, knowing that you're suddenly going in the right direction. On this day, I will continue to be honest about my self-doubts and have the courage to tell my story. I will remember that I'm not alone in this journey. That is so important. Whew, the next reading, the topic actually even makes me a little uh, uncomfortable. ACA, it's called Celebrate Success. Our group members celebrate our growth and recovery with us. Yes, too often I think I just kind of go, go, go. It could be. Our critical inner parent can whisper to us all day long, repeating the messages we heard as children from our parents, teachers, and other authority figures from our formative years. Yeah, and I'm reading the Pete Walker book, Complex PTSD, and I really like, sometimes it's just as simple as just calling out that behavior out loud and saying, stop, you know, not going to listen to you. Sometimes we may even hear the messages as thoughts. Um, sorry, our critical inner parent can whisper us all day long, repeating the messages we heard as children from our parents, teachers, and other authority figures from our formative years. Sometimes we may not hear the messages as thoughts. Instead, we just feel bad about ourselves off and on all day. Wow, wow. But in recovery, as we be, it, you know, I'm so grateful for recovery because, you know, to work remotely and to have these thoughts on and off all day um, and still move through it and still have hope and still have places, it's just, it saved my life. It has saved my life. But in recovery, as we became aware of the influence of this critical voice has over us and others, and by acknowledging the harm it is causing us, we start to replace the negative messages with positive ones. We affirm ourselves for our willingness to change. Since the ACA program requires courage, stamina, and perseverance, it can be very rejuvenating to celebrate our successes and reward ourselves for the progress we make. Right, like I was very happy with the body fat reading and, you know, then it becomes more, more, more. Um, and reward ourselves for the progress we make. Sometimes after a rough day, simply making it to a meeting deserves a hug of congratulations. Yeah, like we're simply just doing one exercise at the gym. Gotta go back to like BJ Fogg's tiny habits. 
or after working through a step four exercise, our reward might be calling a fellow traveler to receive affirmation as we talk about what we learned about ourselves. Yeah, I'm proud of myself for doing a step one in a program. On this day, I will acknowledge the recovery actions I take by celebrating progress with my fellow travelers and support who support and value me. And that concludes today's powerful readings of Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kuan Saluja reminding myself to think about pausing, because that's where God is, that feelings won't kill me, but avoiding them will you know, lead to a very tough life, and that there is a, such a, a better way. That you know, one road, the left road, is about control and willpower and exhaustion and exertion, and the other road is happy, joyous, free, expansive, uh, ex, you know, curious. And because of recovery, I have a choice between those two roads. Until next time.